Welcome to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast, the podcast that shows you how to build a world-class service business from the dirt up. And now your host, Mark Stoner. Welcome back to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Today's episode, number nine, Gravity Sucks. And what I mean by that is, you know, right now, this time of year, a lot of us go to conventions and trade shows and we go to things that will inspire us. And we go and we hear all these great things and ideas and we watch people who are super successful and, you know, if we can just glean a little bit of information from them and take back their information and their ideas and put it in my business and now my business is going to work great. And guess what happens? Gravity hits. Um, and, and it sucks and it hits you and it doesn't work like it did in convention world. You know, when we're, when we're in these chairs and we're in these, at these events and listen to these people, we just kind of start becoming weightless. You know, you're, you're away from your business. You are away from the family. You're away from the kids and you start hearing all these things and you're not actually working, but your brain is working and you kind of can get lost in it. And you need that. A funny, funny quote from Zig Ziglar. People often say that motivation doesn't last. Well, neither does bathing. That's why we recommend it daily. And I love that quote from Zig. You need motivation. And hopefully this podcast is a motivational thing for you every week. But I like going to events. In fact, going to some of these national conventions is what has changed my business the most over time. If I can put one thing on it, it's going to motivational events, uh, learning, uh, you know, conventions. And But the main thing is you've got to go back and implement. You know, I, I see where there's a lot of people that go to these events year after year. They hear the same thing I heard. Yet nothing changes for them. Literally nothing changes. You see them coming back year after year, and it's the same thing. Yet some people go to these things, and year after year, they're growing, they're changing. Uh, their business is getting better. Their life is getting better. Um, but the majority of people don't. And one time, you know, when I speak at events, I, I try to tell people, you know, everything I know how to do. And I, I asked a guy one time, I said, you know, I've told the industry, you know, exactly how, how to do it if they want. And really, literally, if you would follow a chunk of what I did, you would, you know, you'd be ahead of probably where you are now. So why, you know, I can tell it, I can say everything to do and 99% of the people won't do it. And he said, we just want to know that you can do it. Not that we want to do it or not that we're going to do it. We want to know that you can do it. And I thought that was interesting. I, I never thought of it that way because when I listen to somebody talk, I listen to that and I, I'm glad to hear that they can do it. But I, I want to know, I want to put it back into my, you know, my world and I want to do it. And so today I just want to talk about, you know, if you're going to go to these things, you know, how are you going to? How are you going to take away from it? You know, um, I, I used to be involved in some multi-level marketing things. 
And I would see these people with these unbelievable teams around them. Like all these people were so motivated to do these multi-level marketing things and sell these things. And then, you know, their teams were amazing and they had these amazing lives and everything was great. And then I would take that product and go back and start talking to my friends and family and nobody wanted to buy it. You know, nobody was interested. And, you know, I would then listen to more tapes and at the time tapes and CDs and watch videos. And they said, this is how you do it. And this is how you say it. And I would go back and nothing. I couldn't hardly get anybody interested. And and kind of the same thing happens to me now where people come to visit my business or they listen to me speak and then they come up with the excuses. They're like, yeah, if I had all those great people that you have, I'd have a great business too. Or yeah, if I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, I'd have that too. Or whatever reason you know they want to come up with as an excuse that I have an advantage and they don't, you know, that'll work for you. That will that will absolutely work for you. But you know, if that were true, there'd be a lot of really huge chimney companies coming out of Nashville, Tennessee, and that's simply not happening. Um, you know, it's it's not that. But what it is, though, is for sure implementation of good ideas. And when I go to these events, I'm not looking for a whole notebook full of 100 ideas. I'm looking for three ideas. I'm looking for three big things I can take back and change my business. Sometimes I'm only looking for one idea. I'm just going to go and I want to find one really good idea that I'm going to implement. So a friend of mine was in, you know, launch mode, as we call it. You know, when you really get excited about a business, you need to go all in. You need to put everything in. You need to put a lot of things to the side and and not do them. And, and it's, you know, they call it work-life balance. And I think you kind of have to get out of balance for a while while you're while you're really trying to grow, but you know, I mean, not to the point of wrecking things, but you kind of have to focus, really focus on whatever you're going to launch. Kind of like, you know, in the hot summer sun, you used to take a magnifying glass and move it around. And if you would focus that magnifying glass in the sun, it could catch something on fire. It could catch grass on fire or ants or whatever you did as a kid. And it's the same thing with business you have to hold that magnifying glass still and put it on something till it catches fire till you move it around. I see so many entrepreneurs or people that want to start businesses just kind of bounce around and they're doing two and three and four things and nothing's really working. You know, some people call themselves an entrepreneur, but they haven't they haven't built anything that was real. And some people call themselves an entrepreneur and they've only built one thing. I really like in, in a lot of businesses, somebody who just started a business is not an entrepreneur. They're a starter. They started something and they still do it. Entrepreneurs are a whole different animal where you start something, you get it going, you may sell it or you may start something else and you ramp up a lot of ideas, but not to get tangled up in the weeds, but entrepreneurs are really good at starting sometimes they're not good at a friend of mine rob lindeman one time said i am really good at starting something and get it into about getting it to about 75 percent complete and then i gotta you know hand it off to somebody else and that's very true for entrepreneurs we're really good at starting 
And then we're not really good at all the fine details all the way to the end because we get bored in that. That's not our thing. But there's whole other groups of people that that is exactly their thing. They don't want to start it, but they do want to make it better and better. And we need each other. But back to implementation and work-life balance. Um, a friend of mine, he was on a he was starting um, a charity, and he was really in full launch mode. And um, I remember him calling me from a cruise, and I may have talked about this on an earlier episode, but, you know, he's like, hey, I am in full launch mode, but I am burning out, and I need, I'm going to go on a cruise with my wife. I said, great, do it. He said, okay. So he went on it, and sure enough, I got a call from him on the cruise. He said, man, I'm just, I, I feel like I can't relax. I should I relax and just put everything to the side that I've I've been doing with this launching this charity and just wait till I get off the cruise or should I work while I'm on the cruise? I said, well, you may not like this, you know, advice, but I would work. If you're sitting there and you can't relax anyway, uh, you're probably not good to anybody. So you might as well just get some work done while you're there you know sitting in the sun or relaxing you might as well just do some things to me that's as relaxing as anything sometimes is to work on what I'm really excited about that's you know that's what gets you going but so um so again you're gonna you're gonna go to these things you're gonna get motivated and the main thing is to come back and start doing them and your people, sometimes, if you start a lot of things and you come back with all these ideas and you don't fully implement them, get them through, if you have employees, they're going to kind of get sick of it. They're going to go, uh-oh, Stoner came back with this idea and here we're going to change everything and then give it two or three months and he'll forget about it. That's never the case with me, but I know other business owners that say their people get, you know, convention weary. They see these ideas, nothing changes. If it gets implemented, it gets implemented for 30 days and then it stops. And um, there's a book I read a few years ago that kind of addressed how to get people or how to get anything, how to get something to change in a meaningful way. And the book was called Whale Done, as in like Moby Dick Whale. <laughs> so Whale Done. And part of the story was they talked about how they would train killer whales to do the crazy stunts at SeaWorld and all these other places. And it kind of talked about how, you know, you're not going to yell at a, a killer whale to get it to do anything. You're not going to punish it. You're not going to spank it or force it to do things. And what you're going to do, though, to get it to do these crazy, amazing things is you're going, you know, if, if uh, you're a diver, there's two divers or two trainers and we would get in the water and we would go under the water and hold a stick between us and signal up the, the whale to, to come over the stick. And if the whale came over the stick, then we would celebrate and we would give it fish and we would pat it on its head and we're like, you know, celebrating the win. But if it went under the stick or it swam around us, we wouldn't, we wouldn't yell at it. You wouldn't be mad. You just wouldn't give it the award, the reward. You would just whistle it up again and have it come over the stick. And then we celebrate the win and we give it fish and do the things that we want it to do and just rewarding the behavior that we want and kind of ignoring the behavior we don't want. So then we know we raise the stick up to the level of the water. 
And at the level of the water, the next thing you know, the killer whale breaches the water. And it ver learns very quickly that the weight of the reward is to go over the stick. At whatever level the stick is, let's go over it and we get the re reward. We go under and around them. We don't get a reward. Pretty soon, as you can see, we could get the stick 20 feet out of the water and that whale will breach and, and do crazy things and go up out of the water. And it's absolutely amazing. Well, everybody in the audience didn't see all the underwater stuff and all the hard stuff and all the times the whale didn't do it. They're just seeing it as it's amazingly happening in front of them. And that's sometimes what's happening at conventions. You're seeing a team or a person after they have had to work their tail off when it's not fun, it's not sexy, it's not amazing. Nobody is celebrating them. They're, they're in there grinding. They're in there figuring it out. They're in there getting beaten up. And so don't, if you're watching these people and you, you think, I can't do that, you're wrong. You can do it. You just have to be willing to go through the hard stuff. You got to be willing to go through the grind. You got to be willing to go through the pain and the setbacks and the, you know, the, the stabs in the back and the crap, the absolute crap in business that you have to go through to get those crazy, amazing rewards that happen in business and in life. You know, we, we reward the people who go through it. You know, we, we celebrate those people and a lot of people think, oh, they must have been lucky or had a silver spoon or had this benefit or that benefit. Most of the time when you study successful people, they didn't. Sometimes they even had less than the average person. But they just would not put it down. They would not give up. Two good books that I've read by Damon John, who was on Shark Tank. He's got one book called Rise and Grind. And the other one's called The Power of Broke. And The Power of Broke was really interesting about how kind of being broke and starting something is more powerful and sometimes more likely to be successful than starting with a lot of money. And I know a lot of people sit there and say, I would start this business if I had more money, if I had this or had that, had a big savings account or had more time or I was older or I was younger, whatever the excuse. But they just simply don't start. And starting broke is just as good as starting with money because you figure out different ways to get around it. You figure out a different hustle. You may find out a totally better way than you would have if you would have been had plenty of money to start it. So The Power of Broke and Rise and Grind are two great books by Damon John. I wanted to also talk about, I don't know, I guess I'll, I'm going to call them some, some business truths, you know, about what I think in business and some things you should kind of keep in your mind uh, as you go through this journey. The first one, you know, is every man-made object in the world was once an idea before it became reality has to start with you speaking it into existence. If you don't say it, it won't become a reality, guaranteed. You have to see it in your mind's eye and speak about it with everyone you can. Again, you you have to see the whole the thing first. Now you don't have to see it in its entirety, but you have to see it and believe it. And everything in this world is like that. If you're looking at a building that was in somebody's brain if you're looking at a car that was in somebody's brain anything you can look at when you look around was someone's idea that is turned into something real you have to think about it first before it can even 
come to fruition. Another thing I hear a lot is I don't want to have a big business. I don't want to have this or that. And people talk about what they don't want to have. Well, you know, it's very common that this happens. And I can promise you, you won't just accidentally get a big business. It's like when people are working out, they're like, I don't want all these big muscles and all. Well, you're not going to get those. If you say that out loud, it's not coming to you. You have to work so hard for it to happen. So, you know, when people say, I wouldn't want a, a business like yours or a bigger business. Are you sure? Are you sure about that? I don't think you know. I don't think you understand some of the benefits that can come with it. Now, I think really what you're saying is I don't want to go through all that to get that because it doesn't, in your mind, it's not valuable enough for you to go through it. But I can tell you, it, it's better to go, in my opinion, to go through it and have a different life on the other end than kind of struggle through it kind of uh, in mediocrity. Unless... Again, the great thing about America is you can build what you want, what makes you happy. And I know a lot of guys who are very happy with smaller businesses. They weren't happy when they tried to build a business. But I don't think anybody can say that it's more miserable to have a bigger business or more miserable to have a smaller business. It's what fits you and what are you willing to go through to get what you want. The next one is... Uh, it's funny. If you really don't care about having a lot of money, you won't get any. Uh, in the book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind by T. Harv Eckler, he talks about an interesting way that, that money works. He says, if anyone ever says to you, I don't work for money or I'm not in this for the money, uh, you're always talking to someone who's broke every time. If you say that out loud, you know, when it's, when it's, um, then it's the same for someone, let's just say, you know, you were talking to someone that was your friend and let's just say money is your friend, but you're talking about a friend in this way and you say, I don't care about that person. I don't care if they're around. I'm not worried about them. How much, how often, how much do you think that friend's going to be around or not going to be around, right? When you say, I don't care about them, but, but it's the same as money. If you don't, if you say you don't care about it and you're not working for it and it doesn't interest you, you're not going to have any. But if you say you are, not to be greedy, but it's just how it works. Money works the exact same way. You know, of course, everything isn't about money. Greed is nasty. But when you're concerned about money and you watch after it, that's not being greedy. That's being a good steward of your money and your resources. Next thing is... Um, you know, if you say employees are a pain in my butt or I don't want employees, you're not going to have any. You're kind of catching the theme here. Um, it's just like anything. You know, if you don't if you don't like them or care about them, they're probably not going to like you either. You know, they're not going to be around. And I've seen so many people try to hire people and they don't like people to begin with. So they treat their people exactly the same way so naturally they're people they may even they may stick around for a while but they don't like it and they're probably looking at the first chance they can to leave you know i think it's a lot easier in business if you truly care about the employees and then they and they know it 
Um, they start to, they'll start to care about me. They, they start, you know, I, I kind of have to show them first that I care about them. I don't have to bend over backwards. I don't have to make sure they've got everything they need to begin with. I kind of, it's kind of a give and take, but you know, I think when I do care about them and, and listen to them and then they start caring about me, we start to build a real relationship. In fact, I've heard some people say, you know, I want to wait till that guy or that girl earns respect or knows my trade inside and out before I listen to them. And I think that's exactly the opposite of what you should do. I think you should engage them very quickly. When they're brand new in your business, sometimes they have the best ideas. They have the freshest ideas. They look at stuff sometimes that from complete outside eyes and thoughts. And you really, I really want to engage them early on. Do you see something? Would you do something different? Now, sometimes they don't know enough to make a decision, but sometimes they'll say something that absolutely is brilliant. And you don't get that once they've been, you know, with you for six months to a year sometimes because they're already used to the way you do it. And they just accept that as as okay. So, you know, make sure for me, make sure you like people. If you're going to try to build a big team, hopefully you like people and engage them and listen to them. And, you know, it goes back and forth uh, and that they can really help you run a company. Um, so if you really can't, the last truth I think I'm going to go through is, you know, if you can't handle what you have now, you're probably not going to get any more. And again, if you can't handle a thousand dollars in your bank account without spending it out, you're not going to get 10,000. And in the same book, uh, secrets of the millionaire mind, he talks about, people's financial thermometer and you know let's just say you're used to making $50,000 a year and the next year you make $90,000 a year well most of the people that do that they have that $40,000 jump they just spend more money and they spend right back to that $50,000 that they're used to they spend back to where they're comfortable with that's kind of their financial thermometer if having a thousand dollars in the bank and your checking account makes you feel good when you get 1500 or 2000 a lot of times you're looking to spend it so you have to move your financial thermometer up and in the book it was before Donald Trump was president but he mentions Donald Trump and if Donald Trump woke up with just say a million dollars of value that he had he would feel completely broke because his financial thermometer is way off the charts into the billions but if most people woke up with a million dollars, they had a million dollars, they'd feel very wealthy So because their financial thermometer is different. So you have, to, you have to learn to handle what you have and move that thermometer up. Um, I spoke about it one other time, I believe, where I had a friend that was getting into real estate. He wanted to rent a lot of houses. He wanted to have a bunch of houses. And after the first house, he was so stressed he didn't have... You know, he was just wigging out over, you know, the person didn't pay their rent and how much that was going to cost. And he didn't have systems in place and he didn't have them signing contracts and having, you know, a way to get the people out of there if they didn't pay. And just one thing after another. And I told him again, you know, he wanted to have 20 houses. If you want to have 20 houses, you, you have to be able to handle one house. You have to be able to handle what you have. And. Another friend of mine, uh, he was a real inspiration to me, and he taught me 
the most about focus of anyone I've I've ever worked with or ever met. And again, back to the gravity sucks. When you go to these events, you're going to need to focus when you get home because everything is going to get in the way. You know, your spouse is going to get in the way. Money gets in the way. Life gets in the way. All kinds of things get in the way and you don't get to execute what you wanted to. But back to my friend. He... He was a blue-collar guy. He grew up pretty poor. And even when he had a lot of money, he drove up in an old truck. And he wore a, he wore his, like, uniform shirt. And, and his name was Dickie Smith, and he's from the Eastern Shore, and maybe he hears this. But um, he was just such an interesting person because he, he started off, and one of his first, you know, things that he really concentrated on to get good at was uh, golf and he in his early 30s he no no first thing I think was chess he started focusing on chess in his 20s and he became a world-ranked chess player in just a couple of years then he got interested in golf in his 30s and you know I'm, I'm paraphrasing a bit but it, a few years later he actually qualified for the US Open because he could focus on something so intensely he could he could just basically will himself to be as good as possible well later in life he got into real estate and he really started focusing on real estate he started focusing on a single house and then a duplex and a multifamily and next thing you know, he's buying banks, and, and he ended up buying an airport. He bought big condominium complexes and big uh, high-rise apartments. And he learned to just, whatever he was into, he could come back and focus. I have other friends that, you know, are my age and have um, different levels of struggle. They, they, they won't stay focused on on one thing you know it's kind of like rolling a snowball you know getting a snowball big and then finally getting to roll the snowball and it starts to go downhill and rolls on its own you have to stay you have to get focused and you got to stay focused on stuff don't keep starting the snowball over and over and um so that's the lesson go get as much education as you can be inspired by these people but don't become one of those groupies or one of those people that just goes to education event after education event and nothing changes. You have to take those things back and you have to make them change. And one last thing about gravity. You know, some of the things that start to happen when you start to win is, and, and when things start to work opportunities start to just come your way and I've seen this happen with a lot of entrepreneurs and people that they did something right and then all of a sudden they start to get into a lot of things and and that doesn't necessarily mean you should get into a lot of things but it seems to happen as you start to break free of the gravity and you learn some of these rules of, of how to get through and how to focus that all of a sudden gravity has a lot less effect on you. And people start to watch you and they're like, wow, how do you do all these things? And more and more opportunities come your way. As this starts to happen, um, you have to be careful that uh, you don't overextend and get into a lot of things that 
um, you shouldn't. So again, try to stay focused. Make sure what you're doing is working. And you, once it is working, yes, take those take those ideas and move to other things. But make sure you celebrate your successes. Make sure you celebrate the large and small, like on the book Well Done. Make sure you 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 cheer your team and you even cheer yourself when you're winning. A lot of people don't do that. They just look forward and they forget how great they have it now. Um, you know, understand the momentum that you're creating and the excitement of of what's happening to you. So that's my that's my podcast today. Again, uh, if you have ideas for podcasts, and I get them all the time, I like them. I think next week I'm going to talk about husband and wife teams and working with your spouse in business. But send your ideas to mark at markstoner.com. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook. Um, I have two. I have two Facebook profiles. One is my personal. It's Mark A. Stoner, and then I have one that's business and uh, about my book Blue Collar Gold. It's just Mark Stoner, and that one's more business related. All right, that's my time. I hope you have a good week. Thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Gold Podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or any place that you listen to podcasts. More information is also available at MarkStoner.com.